Thank you for stopping by the Courageous Truth Podcast. This is part two of my Romans 13 episode. I hope the first part was a blessing and inspiration to you and brought you some clarity. Just a reminder is that I will be starting a new podcast with Courageous Generation Church that will be focused on Bible study and really focusing on the Word of God where this podcast will talk about things that are happening in the world today. I hope this content has blessed you and brought clarity and inspiration to your walk with Jesus. As a side note, we always want to make sure that you understand that as believers, we are called to live quiet and peaceable lives, and we are not called to go to the forefront and start fights and and push back against the authorities for no reason. We always want to make sure that if we are going to defy any kind of governmental authorities, that we have a strong biblical conviction to do that. We know there's mask mandates in certain parts of the country, and I believe that they are dangerous. I believe that the masks do more harm than good. And to be mandated to put that on my face, I, I believe, is, is wrong. Uh, the, ma- the, the vaccine mandates, I believe, is, is very wrong. That you would that someone would tell me what I can or can't inject into my body, regardless of whether it's one hundred percent effective or not. I should never be told what I can or can't put into the temple of God, and they are making religious exemptions very difficult. And I think it's the most disconcerting part is that fellow believers will use guilt trips and demonization against you if you choose to get a religious exemption or choose not to get the vaccine. I've seen a lot of twisting of scripture, and I believe that that is just not the way we as believers need to go about it. In the end, the word of God is always the ultimate authority. We will submit to the word of God above anything else. So thank you for stopping by. I hope part two blesses you and encourages you as you continue to take a courageous stand for the truth. Welcome everyone to the Courageous Truth Podcast, where we strive to live courageously through the lens of scripture and build courageous lives in a world that is driven by fear. Your host is a proud parent, a proud pastor, a proud business owner, and a proud American. Tune in today for your dose of courageous truth And now, your host, Eric Lundberg. And going back to Romans, we have to understand the context of this passage. We have to remember that, and I've said this before, and this is how I preach and teach and everything, there's two ways to read the Bible. Number one, we need to read the Bible prophetically. It is our daily bread. We need to get fresh revelation from the Word today. But also, we need to read it in its historical context. We need to understand who the author was, who was the audience, who wrote it, what was going on in the historical backdrop. We need to know all those things about it in order to make sure our fresh revelation stays on the plumb line of Scripture. So, Paul wrote this letter to the church in Rome in about 56 to 58 A.D. Now, Nero was the emperor of Rome, but he had not become a tyrant yet 
like he would in about 65 AD. He still had the advisor, Seneca, I think I said that right, Seneca, that had not yet retired. And I believe that that advisor was really helping him to be a more fair and just emperor. And there was also some troublemaking Jews and Christians that we know that had to be deported for causing trouble. Peter also, in his, his, his epistle, Peter also says we need to submit to governing authorities. Now, with this knowledge, we have to ask a question again. If Scripture must interpret Scripture, then how, and Scripture does not contradict each other, how can Paul and Peter both write submit to the governor when we know that Esther, Daniel, Moses, the midwives, even Jesus himself disobeyed the laws and did them publicly? And not only that, God applauded the disobedience and God celebrated it and rewarded them with fruit. We know that Peter and Paul ended up being put to death for their defiance to preach the gospel. Now, they were not lawless. They were not going around trying to be rebels. They were obeying God rather than men. So a couple things that we have to keep in mind when reading Romans 13 is what type of government deserves our submission. We can't just be lawless. We can't just not submit to to anything. We have to come under the laws of the land in a lot of ways. We can't just be running around doing whatever we want. What type of government deserves our submission? So when we think about government, let's think about a couple different things. Number one is, let's think about the governmental position that's in the land where we live. God designed the position, not the people. God designed the position to do good for the people, to represent the people, to protect the people who are doing good and living God-fearing lives. The second thought we need to have is, what's the purpose of government? They're supposed to protect us from evil. Verse 4, for it is a minister of God to you for good. Talking about government. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger, who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. The government is there to punish those who do evil. How many of you know punishing and putting in prison rapists, child molesters, murderers? That's a good thing. They need to be held accountable, and the government is there to do that. The purpose of government is not to micromanage the lives of the people and not to micromanage the church, not to tell us how we can worship. It is not designed to tell us how close we need to stay to one another, how we can talk, what we need to put over our faces and eyes and in our ears. It is there to protect us from those who want to destroy our God-given liberties. And then the third thought is, what power do they have? What power does government have? We know they're appointed by God. They have the responsibility to use it to the ordinances of God to protect God's people. There's authority that comes with government. God created authority. There is power 
that comes with governmental positions, God created that power. Everything that there are evil men, our governor here in Washington, Jay Inslee, sits up in Washington State Capitol, governor's mansion, whatever. That was a position created by God to govern the people of Washington, to serve them and protect them. And he is micromanaging our lives. He is threatening and using bully tactics on those who would dare defy him. He uses manipulation to control us and control businesses. His job is not to tell us when we can open our business. His job is not to tell us how to worship, when to worship, where to worship. His job is not to tell us what our relationship should look like, how they should be, how we should communicate. His job is to protect us from the people who want to destroy our freedoms and our families and our livelihoods. That's his job. And his power is being abused. Romans 12, 18 says this, If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. If it is possible. Here's the thing I've understand. It is not always possible to be at peace with all men. In the body of Christ, we have a responsibility to one another to do our absolute best. Number one, we have to forgive. The Bible commands us to forgive one another 70 times 7. We learned that in Sunday school. But it is not always possible to live at peace with tyrants. It is not always possible to live at peace at peace with those who abuse us and want to steal our rights and our livelihoods and who want to control our bodies. It is not always possible. Let me throw a couple more scriptures out to, to hopefully I'm illustrating this point. In Ephesians 5.22, the Bible says, wives submit to your husbands. Okay? We know that a godly husband, a wife would want to submit and come under their covering because there's protection and celebration and joy in that. But if a husband is cheating on his wife, abusing his wife, treating his wife poorly and dangerously, how many of you know what, what, what person would say you need to stay in that relationship and submit to the husband that beats you and beats your kids and you know mistreats you and, and hurts you no, of course you wouldn't. You need to get out of an abusive relationship. Ephesians also goes on to say in chapter 6, children, submit to your parents, for this is right. The Bible even says that you will live a long life in the land when you submit and obey your parents. It's even one of the Ten Commandments. But what if your parents tell you to go out and sell drugs, to go out and run hits, on people, murder people, to do evil and horrible and sinful things. Are you submit, supposed to submit to them then? Of course you're not. Of course not. Because a parent's role is to be a godly example and a priest and a prophet to their children and raise them in the way they should go. And then finally, we know that First Timothy talks about churches submitting to their pastors. Now a good pastor takes care of the sheep make sure they're fed, protected, helps them to spiritually grow closer to Jesus and cultivates their relationship with the Lord and with each other. 
So a good pastor, of course you would want to submit to them because your life will be blessed. But a pastor who is doing horrible things, being spiritually abusive, manipulative, of course you wouldn't submit to him. So if we know those things, when our government is being manipulative and abusive and treating us poorly, why would we then submit to them? Why would we do that? I want to conclude with, with just this thought. Acts chapter 5 verse 29 says this, But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. We need to obey God first. And we're coming into a time and in a season where we have submitted as the church so much to the government where the government could actually become our God and become our religion. That is one of, if you read the book, Live Not By Lies, the author Rod Dreher talks about the religion and cult of government, where government becomes our religion and our God. And it's true. Where we've submitted to the governor and government for so long that we ask their permission on how to carry out our religious duties and our religious worship. When the laws of men bring us into conflict with God's higher law, we must defy the laws of men and obey God. If we keep obeying the laws of government, and by the way, what does our government stand for? They stand for micromanaging of people's lives, telling us what we can inject in our body and what we couldn't. They're going to take away our job if we don't submit. If you have to threaten people's jobs to get them to submit, that should say everything that you need to know about this government and their abuse of power. Sickening. Sickening. And if we as the church do not stand up now, we are going to fall into a totalitarian communism state and it's going to destroy our nation for generations to come. Religious persecution is real. And it's sneaking in under the guise of a virus with a 99% survival rate. It's real. People get sick. They go to the hospital. But they're manipulating the numbers and they're hiding the real, at least they're hiding some real cures and treatments for it from the people so they can keep us manipulated and in fear and divided. So, in the end, we see a narrative of Scripture of people who stood up against tyrants, stood strong, and God rewarded them. I mean, Jesus was arrested for breaking the Jewish laws. That should tell us everything we need to know. We are not called to be rebellious, lawless people who are doing it for personal gain and to garner attention but we are called to do it and stand for righteousness when our governing authorities stand for evil. And I hope that that brings some clarity to Romans chapter 13. I would recommend a book called Unlimited Submission? Question mark. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. It is kind of hard to find, but uh, it's by a guy named Don Fisher. Dan Fisher, I'm sorry. Unlimited submission question mark by a man named Dan Fisher. It's a newer book and it goes into great detail 
about Romans chapter 13. So thank you for stopping by the Courageous Truth Podcast. I pray that it inspires you, causes you to dig deeper into Scripture, to take a real look at what's going on around us. And if you're in a state or in a country where these types of restrictions on the church and on people are not as severe as what I'm talking about, pray for those who are. We need to continue to pray for Afghanistan, we need for the people, for the Christians that are there. And we need to continue and always take a courageous stand for the truth because the truth is under attack. I'll see you next week. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to the Courageous Truth Podcast. We live in a world that is in desperate need of courage and in desperate need of truth. Our prayer is that this podcast will equip and inspire you to live courageously for your family, your community, your God, and for your country. Be courageous in your stand for truth in a world that is completely abandoned. See you next time right here at the Courageous Truth Podcast. Remember, truth requires courage.